Schofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. Welcome in Reno, Las Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. We're tracking Vegas Golden Knights hockey tonight. Long winning streak, trying to keep going. Strong on this uh, northeast swing, and they play at the Leafs, so we'll keep you updated on the game in Toronto. Ari's here. It's Cofield. Adam Hill is the company. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. So down here in Vegas, you know, there's always this talk about more major league franchises coming to town. We might be busted at the gills. NBA could work because I think they're going to build a first-class facility and we're not going to get some dreck of humanity from uh, another NBA market that stinks. Because, And I think it's the same in Reno. If you don't win, fans in Nevada don't show up. That's just the way it is. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Which is why down here we've been talking about the athletics. I mean, with this ownership group and their approach, I don't think it works. I don't think anyone in the state of Nevada should be paying uh, any of their potential tax money that could go elsewhere to build a baseball stadium. But I don't know what's going to happen. I think current Governor Sisolak is against it. Uh, He will probably only be in office here for another couple of months. What will Governor Lombardo do with the A's and money for the stadium? I mean, you would think no. Uh, Right. But it might be in his mind of... Hey, there's this legacy of other people bringing sports teams, and I want to be. I want to be. Can we stop with the sports, sports legacy stuff? I know. I agree. I'm just. I'm just saying where if it you, is. If you if you run on tax, 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 and we hate taxes, then don't give money to a freaking baseball team, and especially. I mean, I wouldn't even be in support of a an expansion franchise getting money for a stadium, no. but not not a group of El Creepos who basically have torched baseball tradition in Oakland. So, from the beginning of the, these rumors that have happened, I've done, I don't know, 100 interviews where I was asked about it. I just did one the other day in Kansas City with our friends. Uh, I've had probably a 1,000 conversations off the air with people. And it's, for me, it's like a two-second conversation. What do you think about the A's coming? Nope. Not that I don't want them. I would love to have a baseball team. Right. But they're not coming. And, and the reason is, so for, what, a year and a half, they've been having this flirtation and have never mentioned... Public money, and I keep telling people that's coming. Yeah, like it's coming at some they're just, point. There's waiting until the very last minute, right? To spring it on us. And so now, all of a sudden, we have the commissioner. You know, last week or was it two weeks ago, where he kind of gives the indication, "Hey, I think Oakland is pretty much done. Looks like Las Vegas has the chance to step up and get the team. Step up and get it. Huh? What does step up mean? Yeah. And then they start leaking out. Hey, it's not going to be like a Raiders deal. It's only going to be like. Maybe like six hundred million. Like okay, no, because what I said from the beginning was why. By the by the way, the why deal, could Bill Foley was zero million. Yeah, it was his money and a partnership with AEG and MGM and this basketball project. Whether it's Jackie Robinson's project, I have no idea what the details would be on that one. But the one that's the, the strong candidate is down on the south end of the strip that doesn't really exist, but on LV Boulevard, where they're taking care of three bill. There's been no call right now for any sort of tax money. Now, maybe we're going to get surprised with that, but if the NBA and the NHL can do it, 
Why can't MLB? Well, there, there's a reason. First of all, MLB does have kind of an unwritten rule that you right. have to donate public money if you right. want to get a team. Right. Uh, but the the other part of this and why I've been so not against it. Again, I want a team. But why I've said this is never going to happen is because the deal that has been on the table in Oakland is far superior than anything we should ever do. It's amazing. It's way better yep. to the A's than anything we should ever offer uh-huh. in this case. So why on earth would they turn that down to come here unless they think they're getting more here? Don't do not do this. All right, so if you're a, a one-issue voter, which of the governor or gubernatorial candidates will support or nix the A's? Well, we have, How should people vote? Well, we have one on record. What did who? Because Sisolak is saying he no no tax money. Okay. I can't imagine Governor Lombardo doing it. I can't. I really come on, can't, I can't either, based on what he says he stands for. Mm-hmm. But oh boy, again, I think there I is like that. that I think there is that. Hey, other. Other people, other governors have brought sports teams here. That could be mine that I bring here. Even the NBA is is Sisolak. The NBA is coming under a deal that was done before. So even that would be Sisolak. So I think there, there could be that desire down low to say, hey, I want something of my own to say, hey, look, I brought this here. And maybe baseball is that thing. Number three. One of my least favorite topics in all of sports for the last four months is a guy who's got a torn ACL who probably can't return unless you make the Super Bowl in the news every week as some savior to a franchise. And now Jerry Jones, because it's a star name, Odell Beckham to Dallas. It's not happening, but they're talking about it. I think he's coming back sooner in the Super Bowl, but I think you're right. He's not going to be up to like full speed. It sounds like he's going to get cleared this week, and that's why it's starting to be a bigger... Hey, everybody, here's a player who'll be full speed in week 15 and... You know, outside of Matt Stafford, the last four years, he sucked. Yeah. And he's coming off an ACL. Yay. Well, they've done great things with ACL repairs. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think it's it's a, there is a lot of talk and hype and focus about a player who nobody knows what he's going to look like when he actually plays. It's ridiculous. It's, it seems pretty crazy. Uh, but, again, as you mentioned, the last time we saw this guy – he was help he was a major difference maker in a team going from pretty good to Super Bowl winner. And that's why the Rams aren't good anymore. Because they don't have Odell Beckham. Or because they can't block anyone. Right. Or their left tackle is gone or they yeah. lost their impact edge rusher. Yeah. Uh but no, I look, he the last we saw of him, he was helping a team win the Super Bowl and was very instrumental in that. And that's going to get people excited. And he's a guy who has a ton of highlights on film. A guy who has, you know, has done great things at times. In uh, in in the NFL, so you understand why people are excited about it. The talent is there, the name is there. He's been in headlines, he's been in gossip columns. He's you know he's big on social media. All these things. It's great for the NFL. Sure. If uh, Odell Beckham lands in Dallas, Jerry Jones is going to crow even louder than he is now, and so it's a big deal, and they're pretty good. Yeah, and they are a team that could really benefit from having another weapon and take some of the because they thought Gallup coming back was going to do that, and he hasn't quite been there. Again, coming off injury, it happens. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should suggest something about OBJ too. Uh, but they need they need to take some of the pressure off CD Lamb, and so maybe that would help. Number two, Jim Mercy is crazy. Jeff Saturday, 
No coaching experience. Former player. Okay. You know, O-lineman like Art Smith. But, you know, Art Smith worked his way up. Has experience. You need that. Gus Bradley and John Fox on the staff. And they're not the head coach. And then maybe worst of all, the new O coordinator is something that calls itself Parks Frazier. That's a real person. Apparently. Sorry, young man. I don't mean to insult you. We just like... I like to use that line, something that calls itself Parks Frazier. Sure. And by the way, you mentioned you mentioned Fox and Bradley. So you could say, well, maybe you just don't want somebody that's done it before. Maybe you don't want to go in that direction. Well, your special teams coach, Bubba Ventrone, is a very hot candidate, too. So that's three potential. Right. It was, hey, you got three potential coaches on your staff. Which one are you going to pick? Uh, that guy in ESPN. And, okay, who's going to call plays for you? I don't know. Uh, this kid that was, like, making – Making Frank Reich's schedule two years ago, uh, who's now the quarterback's coach, why not let him do it? So what's more important, Parks Frazier is married to important people or this wacko story that you sent over, his house got shot up 77 times? Yeah. What? It was like two years ago. What was that? Uh, well, first of all, yes, Parks Frazier w- married the Colts team website reporter, and okay. the wedding was officiated by Frank Reich. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So... There's those weird connections, and obviously you're taking over a job that Frank Reich had in the team. So bizarre. But yeah, this story pops up because he's now the play caller. By the way, he's never called plays anywhere before, which is interesting. But his his house was shot up 77 times in what appears to maybe be a case of mistaken identity. He had just moved into the house. There was some vehicles casing the house for about three days. And then three cars drove down the street and opened fire and then kicked in the back door and opened fire. 77 shots fired into the house. And he is fine, obviously, but it sounds like they were looking for the person who had lived in the house previously. So doesn't seem to be anything. It's just kind of coincidence, but still a pretty wild story. This NFL is a crazy world, man. I know uh, there's a lot of people angry about Saturday getting the job. Well, I'll give you a, I mean, do you want to guess which race he is? Well, yeah, White is right. Uh, in the NFL, he was the he was a grad assistant at Arkansas State back in 2017. Yeah, five years ago, and now he's an O coordinator. I, I believe head coach or bust from here. I believe two seasons ago, his primary responsibility was writing down the plays on a on a sheet of paper for the players to or for the quarterbacks to use on their wristband. Well, he knows the offense. Sure. Now he knows the plays. In, in all, We're choked up with emotion over Park Schrager. I can't believe it. In all honesty, and by the way, Golden Knights 45 seconds in score. Uh, there is an issue of preparing for him, right? Right. He's never called a play. Right. What is he going to call? We he didn't go, see he that call coming. Anything. Yeah, we didn't see that coming. Who knows? Now, talking to Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders today, and we asked him, how do you prepare to go against a, pl- a coach who has never called plays before? You have no idea. And he said, well, they can't change everything. You kind of just look what they've done. He's been on the staff. It's not like he came from nowhere. And it's not like they could just draw plays in the in the field. But I guess they could. But you said you prepare for the personnel. You prepare for what they've called and try to make adjustments during the game. But, yeah, there is an element of how do you prepare for this guy who's never done it before. Number one. So remember that 2019 draft that was going to help build the Raiders for the future? Three picks. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. 
A little stretch with uh, Cleef Earl. Maybe the draft a little too high. A little high. John Abram. Hmm. Oof. And now he's gone. Yeah. They released John Abram, the safety out of Mississippi State, today. This is now, by the way, you're talking about the 2019 draft, which none of the three players had their option picked up, and now Abram's gone. But Furl and Furl and Jacobs are at least on the team, and Jacobs, a very good player. Furl has, has had an okay season. I, I uh, actually, I think Furl's going to have a a decent length career yeah. as a rotational lineman. He's That's a, not the number four pick in the draft. Oh, he's a good, but solid player. Honestly, I'm not sure after next year that John Abram's in the NFL, or after the or this year. Well, he might get picked up this year. I think he'll. I think he'll fight for a job on a team next year, probably make it. And then after that year, I don't know if he's in the NFL. I think it's fair to say. I think uh, he certainly got, we can get into this more, but he certainly got to clean up some some issues in terms of his attitude right now. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But I will also say it's not just that draft. Four of the last six first-round picks of the Raiders are no longer on the team. That's amazing. And then it all goes back to what you said at the beginning of the season. You just said it again at the uh, start of this show, the beginning of the season. Well, not really the beginning of the season. When McDaniels was hired, you had the question, hey, is this a teardown situation? And they decided not to tear it down. And now that they're sitting at two and six, you open today's show by saying, hey, maybe it's time to tank the rest of the way. And again, it's really hard to come back from having that many number one picks and that many of them fail. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you know, this is, it's been kind of well-documented exactly what's gone wrong. Leatherwood was just a bust. Damon Arnett, tons of problems, which they should have seen coming. Henry Ruggs, that's a, just a tragic, awful situation that was impossible to predict, but it just keeps happening with this team. Big 4-4 four four brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Number is 766-1400. Doubt does start to creep in because you're trying something. You're putting all your time and effort and all your energy and all your prep, and it's not going well. Then you're thinking, what do we got to do? It's never been like this before. And then you do look at your schedule, and you're like, God, where where do we get one? And the reality is, is it's there, and they're there for the taking. You just got to go play well. Cofield and Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Boy, oh boy, that went somewhere I didn't expect. I thought Brady was going to actually admit, hey, you know what? I'm feeling old. Doubt creeps in. I'm feeling old. <laughs> Miles Simmons is with us. He's not old. Pro Football Talk. How you doing, Miles? I'm doing all right. You know what's funny, though? Uh, this new interim offensive coordinator for the Colts, Parks Frazier, yeah. is younger than me. And this is one of the first times I've ever had this sensation where a coach is younger than me. So I, I'm feeling a little old today. I'm not going to lie. You've also called the same amount of plays. Uh, yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, this is this is insanity. It, it really is insanity what's going on <laughs> in Indianapolis. Is... So I've seen a lot of people say, hey, this is just tanking. They're tanking. That's what they're doing. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's what Jim Irsay is doing. But my theory that I was just running by Steve a little bit ago is that they didn't want to make one of the guys that has already been a head coach the coach or Bubba Ventrone. Like, that's a guy that has a future as a head coach, potentially. Jeff Saturday is a close friend. Jeff Saturday, go in there and be my mole. Not, not in a negative way, but just go in there. Tell me who's working hard, who's doing the right things. Give me a report on what these guys are. And do that through the rest of the year so I know what's going on in my organization. 
No, I, Adam, I think you're on the right track with that, honestly, because, I mean, this is, it's ridiculous what's happening, and it, that's why it's unprecedented, right? Because you have Gus Bradley on the staff, you have John Fox on the staff as senior defensive assistant, which basically means he goes around and he, like, watches film sometimes, and he says, hey, Gus, maybe we should try this, but he's not really doing much of anything. That's a natural replacement as your interim head coach, but the other weird thing about this is you, know, you fired your your offensive coordinator last week. So like, what in the world is the process? It's just so haphazard. That's why I don't really think it's tanking. I mean, you can say that, yeah, they didn't want to play Matt Ryan, but, and like that is a signal that maybe they're trying to lose a little bit more, but really that's just because they realize that he's done and they don't want to have to pay him next year. And if he gets injured, then that money becomes guaranteed. So you don't want to do that. Right? So there's a lot that's gone on where you could say, eh, this kind of looks like they're doing the tank thing without saying they're doing the tank thing. But if you listen to or watch any of that press conference from last night that Jim Irsay had, that's not a man that's tanking. That's just a man that is emotional, irrational sometimes. And, you know, God love him for what he's been saying about Dan Snyder, but holy crap, what is he doing with that football operation? You're just scared, Miles. You're scared, and that's why you, rely, I, on, uh, yeah, I you know. rely on analytics. That's why. Exactly. Yes, I'm so scared. That's why I rely on <laughs> analytics. What, like, what was that? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the, the complete opposite of what people are I mean, like the scared coaches are supposed to be the ones that don't talk about analytics and don't rely on it, and that's why they don't go for it on fourth down. But, you know, I mean, you know how many games Michael Jordan lost? Huh. It's it's, it's wild. Uh, here's the, <laughs> the last thing I have on them. Like, don't they don't they still kind of have a chance to win the division? No. Uh, They've no. got the talent yes, there. Do. Not with Saturday. Uh, but no. I'm saying with the talent that they have there, the Titans aren't anything special. The Titans are good enough to win that division. Uh, you know, if when Tannehill comes back, they get Traylon Burks back potentially this week. The, the Titans are far and away the best team in that division. And they've got the best coach. I mean, look what Mike Vrabel did the last two weeks with a team that had no business winning either of those games, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, right? Because Malik Willis it was is not ready to play. But they do have Derrick Henry, and they do have some butt kickers up front on both sides of the football. And so that's why they were in that game against Kansas City. And that's why they won the game with 314 rushing yards against Houston. So, I, no. I mean, like, I, I, the, the way that team is constructed in Indianapolis, where it's an absolute mess along the offensive line, they don't have talent at the skill players. Jonathan Taylor is a shell of himself from last year, in part because the offensive line is so bad. The defense has been playing all right, but no, they they don't have a shot. I said that was the last thing. I, I, there was one more thing. I am please. I can't believe how fascinated I am by the Jeff Saturday Raiders look horrible tweet. Like, oh, how, ah, yeah. how many times? <laughs> how many times will this be shown this week if the Colts are losing to the Raiders? Uh, it should be shown every single time, right? I mean, but the other funny one, I mean, because I wrote a PFT post about that yesterday. And the other funny thing was he had Devontae Adams on his fantasy team. And he was <laughs> mad that Devontae Adams had no catches and no yards in the first half. That to me is way funnier than Raiders look horrible. Like I'm so invested in the Raiders not doing well against the New Orleans Saints. And I'm mad because as an ESPN NFL analyst, I have Devontae Adams on my fantasy fantasy team and now Devonte adams is the first player that i'm gonna go up against as the interim head coach of the colts it's crazy so if we see like a lot of single coverage on adams this week should we be suspicious yes absolutely <laughs> i didn't yes. even notice that one that's Report great that. 
Miles Simmons with us, Pro Football Talk, at Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. What do you think of uh, John Abrams going bye-bye, another knock to the legacy of the uh, Grudock era? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised that they weren't able to trade him because, uh, I mean, look, he – He's always been a guy, if you can hone that talent in the right way, then yeah, you might have something. But he's a little bit of a tweener in that he's not really good in coverage. I mean, you can come up and he'll hit you, right? But it's not, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just, I'm not that enthralled with the way that he's played. And obviously his snaps were going down. Um, he would lost his job in the starting lineup after his snaps already started going down. And so, you know, if you can't, really find a place for him or you feel like there are better options defensively for you, then, I mean, it doesn't necessarily shock me. I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised in some way um, that Cleveland Furl is still there, but you know, I guess they feel like he can be at least a contributor along the defensive line and, and do something. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't shock me. He should get another job, but it doesn't shock me that he does not have a place any longer on uh, the, the Raiders. You think the, Colts get him, Gus Bradley reunion and little scouting help for this week. Uh, perhaps. Yeah, I, I did think about that. I mean, you know, it's not, it can't hurt that hell. They need all the help they can get when you have somebody who's walking in the building <laughs> on, you know, Monday night, doesn't know who his play caller is going to be on offense until sometime on Tuesday. And then somehow has to implement a game plan when he's literally never done it before in a couple of days to get this team ready to travel a decent way to go to Las Vegas and try to win a football game. So yeah, they, you could use all the help they can get. When's the last time someone said in November, I'm really fired up for this Browns-Dolphins game? Uh, you know, probably not for a while, but this is going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah. I mean, it's two teams that can play offense pretty well. I mean, the Browns play Cincinnati better than anybody, so, I mean, that might be a little bit of a mirage. But at the same time, look, we know Tyreek Hill can go off. I mean, if you, if you want to make a bet on something, and I don't even know if you can make this kind of prop, maybe bet that Tyreek Hill's going to set the all-time, you know, single-game uh, yardage record for receiving because the Browns' secondary has been a mess for most of the season. It was not against Cincinnati because they're, like I said, they play them well. Their defensive line especially got off, but, like, that's one of those where Tyreek Hill could absolutely embarrass that Browns' secondary, but by that same token... We saw how bad the, the Dolphins can be at run defense last week. Now, Jacoby Brissett certainly is not the same threat that you have um, in terms of a quarterback running as Justin Fields, but you got Nick Chubb back there, who Derrick Henry called the best running back in football. That's yeah, a nice little compliment. Mm. Kareem Hunt's still there. So they've got talent to be able to move the ball and score. It actually should be a fun game. All right, by the way, I picked up on your for now comment. I like that. Thank you. Uh, the... <laughs> There's a, a lot of interesting moving parts in terms of award winners and things like that. We talk about at the end of the year, but you just talked about Tyreek Hill. Tua is 6-0 and in games that he started and finished. The Dolphins are 0-3 when he doesn't. Is there any better indication that a guy is an MVP than that? Um, that's a good question. I mean, the eye test might tell you no, just based on the way that some of those balls are underthrown. And it's funny because when you watch Dolphins games, the announcers will say, uh, underthrown ball and Tyreek Hill makes the adjustment and makes the catch. Uh, this ball's a little underthrown to Jalen Waddle and he makes the, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. And I think it affects the perception of what we think of, uh, Tonga Vailoa is doing, but it's not like the ball's not getting there. And so, you know, that's better than a lot of other quarterbacks can say. 
Um, but I think if you have a player like Tyreek Hill, who's going to, you know, if things continue as they are, going to break the single season yardage record that Calvin Johnson set back in 2012. I mean, I, I would vote for Tyreek Hill, honestly, before I would vote for Tonga by law, if I'm, if I had a vote. Completely insane season four receivers, right? Because Cooper Cup may go 140 yeah. and, you know, 1700 and be left in the dust by Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's crazy, but I mean, you know, the Rams, my God, whatever's going on there, it's not very good. I mean, you know, that's the only weapon that they have on offense that Matthew Stafford seems to have any sort of trust with. So it is a crazy year. I mean, but also the the running game, I think, is coming back a little bit. You know, I, you see more rushing yards this year, I feel like, than we've seen in the last couple of years. So I think it's everything is cyclical, right? You know, T defenses start making adjustments and they get out of base defenses and they're playing five DBs all the time. Well, what's the way to counter that? Run the damn football. And so... That's, I think, why we're seeing a, an uptick in rushing yards, too. Miles, you are the man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, guys. There he is, Miles Simmons. Pro Football Talk. You had one more question, but I cut you off. Yeah, I was just going to ask him what he th if he reads anything into the, the, I guess, strange lack of reporting around what's going on with the quarterback in Buffalo. What do you think is that hand? I mean, is you it think, so? You think it's worse than being reported because it's not being reported? It, it just seems weird. I know a lot of things don't happen until Wednesday, but right. with so much attention on an injury like this, you would think that there would be something. Now there was a quick report earlier today uh, from Mike Garofolo, I believe, that said Tommy John is off the table. Okay, well that was quick. But that's the only person I've heard say it, right? And I haven't heard anything so from out of Buffalo. He's down five weeks and stem cell, and he well, comes back he's and he's fine. That he's going to try to practice and he hopes to play, but that's a lot of try hope. And it's, he's had a UCL in, a UCL injury before. It's something to monitor for sure. We'll hit on how to bet the Bills game this week, as that number is intriguing. It's the Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call anywhere in Nevada seven six six one four zero zero. They don't have explosive wide receivers, and you understand this better than any of us. When you have the best quarterback in the country, and Bryce Young, you know, if you put him on Georgia's team, he'd be the favorite to win the Heisman right now. But look at what they have had. I mean, just uh, an endless stream of elite first-round receivers, which they do not have right now. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Paul Feinbaum. I'm hearing a lot of woe is me, Bama. <laughs> I heard Peter Burns doing this whole case for Bryce Young really got screwed this year by Alabama. He's not going to get a chance to go for the national title. He deserves. Listen, you're not guaranteed every year, even though everyone believes that, you're not guaranteed every year to win every one of your games or just lose one of them. Huge. Which, by the, by the way, when Feinbaum and others talk, can you please preface your rant about the lack of talent at Alabama by saying, man, I got this wrong. Because all I heard before the season and the odds board reflected it was, this is one of the best teams coming into this season we've seen in the last 25 years. And between Georgia and Alabama, guaranteed national title. And now everyone's like, Alabama just doesn't have the talent. <laughs> By the way, you know how close Alabama is to being right there? Right there. This close. And yeah, my fingers course. are real close. Of course. Two narrow losses. Give me a freaking break. I still have a path that has Alabama making the Final Four. Of course. The SEC West is going to cannibalize itself down the stretch here. And now Bama, unfortunately, you know, for the Crimson Tide, lost to LSU, so LSU is going to have to crumble down the stretch. But they can. 
Sure. They can. They can. I actually, I bet Bama to win. Was it win? It might have been just to make the Final Four, and they were 40-1. to one. I was Ooh. like, I'll, I'll roll the dice on that. Sure, yeah, why not? So Man, they can do whatever they want. I mean, you're, you're gonna, you, you have to have LSU has to crumble by losing two or three down the stretch here, and Alabama controls his own destiny at least in this regard. They can knock Ole Miss back by beating Ole Miss, which they probably will. Yeah, I would with think that so. lack of talent now. <laughs> oh, the running backs. Oh, the O line. Oh, the wide receivers. The, Poor Bryce Young, the little engine that could. I mean, stop. <laughs> It's like he, the guy set the expect, uh, expectation so high. Now it's going to be a flop of a season if they go 10 and 2. Yeah. I mean, it is. That's silly, but yeah, it is. CFP, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4. I'm surprised he put TCU in and, you know, didn't make TCU work some more. By the way, that's another bet. I'm on. I'm betting t- uh, opposition against TCU money line every week, rest of the way. They're not win. They're not winning out. It's not going to happen. So, so I'm going to make money on this. It's perfect to have them for though, because they just have that little slip up, or like you like to say, right. oh, they didn't have a good first quarter. Yep. Uh, I'm going to tune in Tuesday and see if they yep. drop them yep. down for it. TCU fell oh, behind again. Stop. They were down seven nothing. Look at Tennessee. They bounce back. Kick ass. We got to move Tennessee up. You draw me into this every week. You say every week. You're not going to talk about it. And what happens? I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I don't care who's number three. We're good. Just move on. You got any problem with Oregon being behind Tennessee? Are we all just going to go off of that first week loss to Georgia? They can never get over that. It's an easy thing to look back on for sure. Different points in the season, but Oregon was just embarrassing in that game against Georgia, and Tennessee lost, but they weren't embarrassed. But they also don't – I mean, like I say, there's no rhyme or reason. There absolutely is. Like, they're setting up they're setting up who they think could win certain games or who could lose. They don't want to take the chance that hey, – we got TCU here. If they drop, we definitely don't want it to be Oregon. So let's put Tennessee right behind right, them. They block them. They could block them so they can then, move on. And then LSU's in the way of USC and UCLA if they get through the gauntlet here with just one loss. So crazy. They're good at it. They're, they get us to care. It is a good setup. Not not the CFP itself, but the setup for the season is awesome. Sure. Because there's been a ton of upsets and you know all this. Assuming that teams are going to run the table, there's a lot of balance around college football now. I know everyone laughs at that. There is a lot more balance than there's been in recent years. Let's give away a couple of boxing tickets here in town. At the Palms, tickets at palms.com, World Middleweight Championship, top-ranked boxing on Saturday, two tickets, 364-1100, 364-1100, caller 7, Ari's going to give you your tickets, 364-1100, little gambling update, some bets to play, Sam Paniadovic uh, is on the way on Cofield and Company. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. So uh, before the break, I got that wrong with the Alabama bet. It's 40 to 1 win national title, 10 to 1. 10 to 1, at least one book to make the CFP Final Four, which is kind of crazy. 11 teams and are all inside of 10 to 1. Sam Paniotovich is with us. We'll break down a little college football betting and NFL, also a little college basketball as well. What's up, Sam? Yo, yo, yo. What are we upset about today, Adam Hill? Oh, Ursa. Oh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> he also, he Jeff had a, Saturday? He, yeah, he had a magical analytics rant about, uh, yeah, about Ursa and saying that Ursa, you know, Ursa was saying people are scared and they're, they're, you know, he doesn't like analytics and all that. So, 
You know what's wild, though? Jeff Saturday still might be a better coach than Josh McDaniels. Oof. Mm. Oof. That's strong stuff. That's a shot. That's a kick in the nuts to all of Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas. it's what not, though. He's the first coach ever to have three leads by 14 or more in the same season and lose all those games, and we're not even halfway through the season yet. Sam, these things happen. If you coach long enough in the NFL, these things happen, brother. I guess. Yeah. No, that's what Josh McDaniel said. You know, you have enough mileage under your belt, you go through this. Like he also said, okay. he also said other teams lose games. You can't argue with that, right? You're, you know, have you guys finally realized that though? I mean, you're there every day in Vegas. Have the Raiders fans finally realized that if he didn't have Tom Brady, he'd be nothing? I mean, he was okay in Mac Jones' rookie year. All Mac Jones did was turn and hand the ball off. Okay, that's a good that's good calls though. Run the yeah, ball. I mean, Belichick is, you know, I mean, McDaniel's just a dud. It's fine. You just move on now. You got to move on. How uh, how bad was the Bills upset for Survivor? So there's this gentleman. I feel really bad for the guy. Um, he had six entries, Oof. made it through week nine, um, or week eight, rather, because last week was week nine. Right. And he put all six of his entries on the Bills. So he's out. Wasn't wasn't his big mistake though sitting down for interviews last week? Probably. Um but I don't understand. I mean, you do the math, you know, there were 123 entries left. So he's got 6 of 123, right? He's got you know a lot to work with here. And he decides to put all of his eggs in one basket? Like to me that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I look, I'm not a survivor too. He made it a lot further than I did. But to have six bullets in the gun and put them all on the same team in week nine, I wouldn't have done that. It was your, um, wait, wait. You're not you're not going to do it here? You're not going to do the six and 123 and the numbers and the odds and the analytics, Adam? You're not going to do Jim well, No, but he also no, – He's no, scared? It's ridiculous. You're not going to do that whole rant again? I'm not, I'm, okay. I'm, no, I think I ruined my throat doing that. Uh, also, he he had done that every week. I think we should be clear, right? He had, he had played the same uh, team every okay. week. That's how he got this far. Yeah. His plan, I guess, was to save – like he wanted to get to Thanksgiving and then put three entries on the Pats and three on the Vikings in the same game and then go from there. But, look, strategy, you know, sometimes it goes out the window with this type of stuff, right? You know, you can be as strategic as possible and have a really good handle on it, and then you start gambling, and uh, that's what happened. But uh, let's see, 115 people left wow. out of 6,100. I like that Sam came in and he's like, what are you guys mad about today? Well, he, he pointed to Adam. So Adam screamed out his voice about analytics. I actually screamed out my voice. Uh, I was happy about something. Uh, and this is way off of gambling, but the new flopping rule in college basketball where you don't get a warning anymore. Oh, I love it. And I, I was so fired up earlier screaming and yelling about it. So keep an eye out for that when you're, you're doing college basketball. Before you get to all the football, do you have a couple of bets down for the national title already in college basketball? Yeah, I've got some Creighton. Uh, this is going back several months now, 70-1. to 1. Uh, You're not going to find that, so don't mind me past posting on your program. Uh, <laughs> best number you can find on Creighton right now is about 30-1. to 1. I still think they're going to be a two-seed. Uh, I've got them winning the Big East this year. Very good basketball team. They bring back you know four, five really good scoring players. Um, and I think McDermott is a sensational coach at maximizing talent. So I like Creighton a lot. And even at 30 to one, you know, it's, it's not a bad bet. Um, but the other team that I really like, and you can still find 28 to one, 30 to one is Texas. Um, Chris Beard is, is an outstanding coach. Number one. 
but he has landed some gems in the transfer portal. Um, you know, he goes out and he gets Marcus Carr from Minnesota a couple of years ago. He brings in Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State a season ago. Um, he goes out and gets the kid from Vanderbilt, um, Dylan DeSue. You know, like he just he, he gets good players. He builds good teams. And then X's and O's wise, he's amazing. And guys, think about it. Which conference has won the last two championships? It's the Big 12. Two years ago, it's Baylor. Last year, it's Kansas. Uh, I did have a ticket on Kansas, as you know, Steve. I had them twenty to one before the year. I think Texas is is going to be a very, very good tournament team this year. They're deep, they're talented, they're well coached, and uh, that Big Twelve is a freaking gauntlet. You know, teams are better in the tournament because they had to play in that Big Twelve. Baylor, Kansas, Texas. Um, you know, that's a pretty heavy hitting. Um, front part of that conference and i think the big 12 is going to be another fantastic season heisman betting bryce young poor bryce all the way down to 30 to 1 top of the list now is stroud ohio state's quarterback at plus 140 and a running back a running back in the mix blake Corum, michigan well i mean the three of us had this conversation last week you know what happens if hendon hooker stinks against georgia and he he stunk he didn't even throw a touchdown he had like 180 yards or something like that he saw ghosts and uh cj stroud was two to one you know plus two two and a quarter and uh and blake Corum was 14 15 to one and now i'm looking at a couple books and stroud is plus 120 plus 130 plus 140 and Corum is six seven eight to one and, you know, those two are going to be on a collision here last week of the season. It's the game. It's Ohio State and Michigan. And I know that one game doesn't win you the Heisman, but if you come out of the Big Ten, 12-0, and you play the game of your life in that game, you're going to have a shot to win the Heisman. Uh, you know, Stroud is still the favorite, but uh, Blake Corm, if he goes off, I mean, they got a couple more games left, Michigan. They run the table, beat Ohio State, and he has the game of his life against Ohio State. He's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Now, a lot of that has to come to fruition, but, I mean, in one week, last Tuesday, we stood here and talked about 15-1. to 1. Now he's 6-7-8-1. to 1. one week. You're looking at conference odds? Pac-12, three-team race. Well, I mean four. Uh, Oregon, slight favorite of plus 110, USC, UCLA, and Utah in that order trail. I like Oregon a lot. You know, that team is a lot better than it was week one when they got throttled by Georgia. I just heard you guys talking about that game, you know, when I was uh, getting all set up and wired up here. Oregon, beginning of September, and Oregon right now in the first week of November, uh, much different football team. Um, defensively, they have really shored a lot of things up. Offensively, they are very physical on that line, and it's wild. You know, Mario Cristobal, you know, gets a lot of slack, um, or gets a lot of flack, rather, for, for what's going on at Miami with – you know, a team that's full of guys that he didn't recruit. He built this team at Oregon. And when he left, I had a guy tell me, this is the best team he's going to have ever at Oregon because <laughs> all those five-star recruits are finally juniors and seniors. And, um, you know, that team uh, is very well coached now. Danny Lanning's figuring it out there in Eugene, Oregon. You could find plus 110, plus 120. That game, I believe, is in Vegas, right? The Pac-12 title game? It is. I yep. think the Ducks, I think it's going to be Ducks Trojans, and I think the Ducks are going to do it. I, I would take that right now at like plus 120. I, I think it's a really good bet. Bo Nix has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country that nobody talks about. That that team is peaking at the right time, and, and they are the best team in the Pac-12 for sure. He's a gaming expert from Nessa and Fox Sports as well, Sam Paniotovich on Cofield and Company. Some NFL spots. 
Seahawks getting a little too much respect here. Only two and a half at the Bucks. Yeah, I know. This is so weird. But, I mean, you look at how awful Tampa Bay has been. I think I think we're learning that, you know, <laughs> the cream doesn't always rise with these quarterbacks that are, you know, some of them almost 40 and others on the wrong side of 40. I mean, to see Rodgers and Brady playing the way that they're playing right now, and it looks like their teammates have, have sort of quit on them too. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I think before the season, this number was what Tampa, you know, six, seven, maybe maybe north of a touchdown. Uh, to have it around two is, is pretty crazy. But at the same time, I mean, Seattle's just playing powerful football right now. Those young kids on the line are setting the tone. Kenneth Walker runs like a maniac. He's running around you and through you. And Geno's playing good ball. I mean, Geno's favored right now to be the comeback player of the year. Um, that's a special team right now, and they're playing physical football. They're playing Pete Carroll football. I don't know that I'm going to bet this game, but look, there's a reason that this line is where it is because Tampa has been awful. Tampa also, boys, the worst cover team in the NFL right now against the spread. That's not good, and we should say that is a neutral site game. So do you think Tom Brady looking for a new German uh, girlfriend maybe would be good or bad for the Bucks? I don't know anymore. It's a very it's a very good <laughs> question, know. but I have no idea. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that – like that guy needs to enjoy life again, man. You know, like he he goes home, he eats an avocado ice cream, and it's just like nothing does he for eat, him. Does is he enjoyable. eat anything anymore? He is so gaunt. He looks very skinny. Load up, Tom. Single season. Sing- well, you don't. Lo- but he was already in good shape. You don't lose weight. Take some roids. Bulk up a little bit. <laughs> he looks like a cartoon character. You know, he looks like a villain in Spy versus Spy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins. Browns. Three and a half. Miami. Yeah, Miami. Uh, well, l- let's let's take this a step forward. I don't know that I really want to lay four here. You know, you could have laid uh, three, three and a half, and now we're at four at a lot of spots. I'm looking at Miami big picture because if this Allen thing, you know, is worse than people think, you know, I've heard some rumors that Josh will miss two to four weeks. What if it's worse? Like, what if, what if he doesn't come back and and be the same guy? Um, you know, Miami, you can get Miami now to like go to the Super Bowl at 25 to one. And, uh, you know, that's something that I, I maybe wouldn't have bet a week ago, but if, if Buffalo isn't invincible anymore, then all of a sudden, you know, your conversation goes Kansas city, then maybe Baltimore and then it's Miami. Um, now you're gambling here on the availability of Josh Allen, but look, I like Miami to win this week. I don't want to lay four in the spot, but I have looked for the first time this season. I have looked at Miami to win the division, Miami to win the conference, um, and even some longer shots on them to win the Super Bowl. Hello. What are we doing? Chargers and Niners. (laughs) Do I have to? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not in a, in a hurry to lay seven in this spot. Um, and, you know, Chris Andrews told me for years uh, at the South Point, you know, his his best players always took points with the Chargers and never laid points with the Chargers. So if you could give me a Charger team that's getting healthier, relatively speaking, plus a full touchdown, I'd think about seven. Like, I might put that in my super contest where, uh, oh, by the way, 80th place out of about 1,700. Yeah. I need a 5-0, and oh and I'll be in the money, man. Over under win total updated for the Raiders. It's what, six and a half? Yeah, I don't Hello. think they get there. Really? Adam? No. I mean, if they get there, the season is a failure. Yes. Adam called for tanking the rest of the way to open today's Cofield and Company. Okay. Well, look, you have to have a plan. And right now the plan appears to be like to get to eight and nine. Like, And yeah. I agree. Like that's 
that's football hell. That's the worst place because you don't get a good draft pick, usually, and you're not good enough to win at all. How about this? I found odds on the next head coach fired. Kingsbury plus 110, Hackett 4-1, to one, McDaniels 13-2. to two. It just Look, people keep wanting it, and people around town are like screaming for it. I get it. You can't pay John Gruden, whatever they paid him, and McDaniels, and Ziggler, and a new coach, and a new GM. You can't do it. They could. I mean, you could. Sure, I guess you could. They won't. <laughs> right? I hear those like those little parties in the end zone are like millions of dollars. They can figure it out. Fair enough. Sam, we'll talk to you next week. Good luck. All right, boys. See ya. There he is, Sam Paniatovich. How much is Davis's house up in the Henderson Hills? Is it like $15 million? Still, still being built, too. What if he builds it, sells it, you know, decides to just kind of you know live around town like he's been doing? It could work out. I still think they're like one twelfth of the way there. We'll see you, Reno. Listen to the full show at lvsportsnetwork.com.